Welcome to the Man Cave Podcast. I'm Dan Casper, and I will be your host, guiding you through every episode. We'll mostly talk sports, but we'll also throw in some entertaining, fun, and even some weird topics and conversations. Plus, you'll never know who will be joining me in each episode. So sit back, relax, and welcome to the Man Cave. What up, everybody? Dan Casper here. This is another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Appreciate you checking out this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. We're going to have a little fun on this podcast. Going to kind of throw it all over the place. We've got opening day. We've got the opening round of the Masters, the Masters Tournament coming up this weekend. Tiger's going to play. T-Dub, he's back. Man, I am jacked up for this thing. And, of course, with, with baseball here, too. As I'm recording this and looking out the window here in uh, good old Scotty, it's freaking snowing and raining right now. At least I don't have any snow in the backyard, but it's kind of depressing seeing that. And I know it's Wisconsin weather and all that fun stuff and, and, and whatever have you, but, man, oh, man, come on. We got Masters. We got opening day. We got a little warmer weather going on out here, right? So... We're going to talk some baseball. We're going to talk a little golf. We'll recap the, the national championship, uh, mostly uh, recapping Coach K's career there. And a little fun uh, segment, too. Kind of, you know, I'm all about swag, right? I like swag. I like collecting stuff, certain stuff and all that. And one thing, you know, I want to kind of highlight is uh, minor league baseball teams and their hats. So, you know, like I, I kind of want to do like a swag spotlight once in a while. Like, okay, that, that logo is sweet. That jersey is cool. That collection is pretty darn awesome too. I can't think of a damn name. Okay, I just, you know, spotlight, highlight, highlight something. I don't know. But in honor of baseball and, and opening day and, and uh, all that good stuff, I'm going to take a look at, uh, I've highlighted, or I'm going to highlight uh, four Four minor league baseball teams and their sweet, sweet looking hats. I'm all about the hat game too. So, uh, but with you know with baseball too, let's let's lead it off talking a little baseball uh, for our opening segment here on the podcast. Depending on when you're listening to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, we're recording right now on a Wednesday, which means opening day is tomorrow, Thursday here. So. Yeah, I know some teams like Yanks and Twins and all that, and uh, they've their opening days have already been postponed because of weather and such. Uh, even though that we are starting a week or so later than originally planned, but nonetheless, opening day is here. Baseball is here. Regular games, games that actually matter, games that count are here. Are here. So, why don't we do some predictions? Huh? Why don't we do some predictions? We're gonna. I'm gonna predict my division winners. My wild card winners. I'm gonna give you my MVPs. I'm gonna give you my World Series picks there too. So without further ado, let's just jive, dump into it. Dump into it. Jump into it. And dump into it too. We're gonna jump into it here. Let's start off with the AL East. All right. So you got the Yanks. You've got the Red Sox. You got the Tampa Bay Rays, Baltimore Orioles. And the Toronto Blue Jays. A lot of people loving the Blue Jays this year. A lot of people picking the Blue Jays to do something special this year. And you know what? 
I'm on that bandwagon too. I'm going to pick the Blue Jays to come out of the AL East, to come out against uh, the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Tampa Bay Rays. I think this is the best division in baseball, even with the crap team of Baltimore Orioles on there. I think this is one of the best, perhaps even the best division in baseball. You could throw in the NL East with uh, with the Braves, the Phillies, the Mets, Washington. You know, that, 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 that could be up there too. But in terms of like just top-heavy sort of thing, like with you got you got the Blue Jays, you got the Yanks and the Red Sox in there, and and uh, and, and the Rays. That that's pretty damn good too. So I'm putting the AL East right up there with the NL East. But I'm picking the Blue Jays. I'm gonna pick the Blue Jays to come out of this division here. Um, and then the AL West. I'm just gonna stick with the Astros. Yeah, you know, nothing with the Rangers, the Mariners, or anything like that. Is is you know, Angels. Kind of getting me excited to not pick anybody else besides uh, besides the Astros in this thing. So I'm going to go with the Astros in the AL West here. Uh, in the AL Central, I'm going to go with the White Sox again. Another team that a lot of people love. They liked them last year. I think the White Sox kind of coasted through their division. And, and maybe it kind of came back to bite them when it came to the postseason and such. But I'm going to go with the White Sox to win the AL Central uh, this year. Then my wild cards. Okay, I'm going to go with my wild cards here. I am going to go with two out of three coming from the AL East. I'm going to go with the Yankees. I'm going to go with the Boston Red Sox. And I'm going to go, and this is my bold prediction. I've been saying it for the last few years. I've been predicting it the last few years. And I have been 100% wrong every single time. But at some point, it's got to change, I have to imagine. And that is, I'm picking the Angels. I'm going to pick the Angels. I mean, come on. You've got Mike Trout. You've got Otani. You've got talent. Got to get it done. You got to get How do you not get it done if you're the Angels? So I'm going to do it one more time. The Angels are like my Kansas or my Syracuse or like Iowa in the tournament. Whenever you pick them, you ain't doing anything. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride it for one more year. I'm going to ride it for one more year. Going with the Angels as my bold prediction, making the postseason. The NL, the National League, with the East, I'm going to go with the defending World Series champion, Atlanta Braves. I think, again, along with the AL East, the NL East is uh, one of the best, if not the best divisions in all of baseball when you got the Phillies. Uh, you got the Mets, who have spent a boatload of cash this offseason. Uh, then you got uh, Washington over there as well. But I'll pick the Braves coming out of this division. And all West, it's you know no big surprise. Dodgers and everybody else at this point. Don't need to deep dive into that thing. Uh, and all Central, I'm going with my Milwaukee Brewers. I'm going to go with the Brewers coming out of that thing, led by their stud pitching lineup, rotation, back end of that bullpen. Lights out. Brewers get a lead. That the biggest question, obviously, for the Brewers is going to be their offense. Can they get enough runs? Can they do better than what they did last year in offense? If they do just a little bit different than what they did, yeah, they're going to be a whole lot better. Whole lot better. So, uh, But I'm going to go with the Brewers here. And then my wild cards. I know the Mets, there's some injury concerns with DeGrom and you know, Scherzer. A little bit nervous there with, with the hamstring. But I'm still picking the Mets to get into the postseason this year. 
I think they'll go in as a wild card. Padres, perhaps one of the most disappointing teams in uh, in baseball last year. I know Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be missing some time, but I like Melvin as their new manager. I think he's going to provide some stability, and uh, I think that's going to get the Padres into the postseason. And then my other wild card, just because you can never count them out for whatever reason, for whatever reason, you can never count them out, the pesky St. Louis Cardinals are also going to go to the postseason. So with that, my World Series predictions, I am going to go with White Sox. I'll go with the White Sox, and I'm going to go with the Dodgers. I'm going to go Dodgers-White Sox for my World Series. And then for my MVP, for my MVP, this one's a little tough. I think... uh, I think for MVP, I'm going to go with, in the National League, I'm going to go with Juan Soto. Yeah, I'm going to go with Juan Soto. Soto, I like that pick for, for the National League. And then for the uh, for the American League, then, uh, I'm going to go Vladimir Guerrero Jr. How about that one? A little, uh, maybe not as popular picks or anything like that. But that's I'm gonna go Soto. I'm gonna go uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Gonna go with a little bit of a little bit of the the younger crowd, if you will. So those are my baseball predictions. They probably will, I'll be happy if I get a couple of them right right there. But you know it's opening day, baby. I love opening day. My favorite baseball movie. You know you know we could get into the whole baseball nostalgia sort of thing, but it's like now nah, I just want to watch the Sandlot. I want to watch. Field of Dreams. I want to watch Major League. Top three baseball movies, in my opinion, right there. Uh, you could throw in The Natural's a good one, too. Um, trying to think of some other ones out there. I mean, there's a whole bunch of baseball movies, right? But my top three Major League, um, uh, Major League, <laughs> Sandlot, for sure, and Field of Dreams. Top three baseball movies of all time. But we made it. I didn't think we were going to get, you know, a full season of 162 games with the with the whole, you know, lockout situation going on. And it sure didn't seem like we were going to get, you know, baseball maybe until later in the summer, maybe until May. Opening day is here, though, baby, and I'm loving it. So, um, yeah, those are my predictions. All right, quick break, quick timeout, then we're going to have a little fun. Major League, uh, minor league baseball caps. Uh, I got to come up with a name for this segment. So if anybody's listening right now, I want to do a segment where it's like, you know, highlighting some sweet swag, like team gear, um, but also like, you know, memorabilia and collections. Is there one word or like two words that encompass the whole damn thing? And I'm blanking on it. So I need some help. Don't be afraid to send me your suggestions. All right. Quick time out. We'll be back in just, uh, just about a minute. I wake up early every morning, and the first thing I do is turn on the coffee maker. I need that caffeine to get my rise and grind going. But coffee wasn't just doing it anymore. I needed an extra kick. That's when I found Ghost Energy. First of all, the name stood out. I mean, come on, Ghost, Casper, you get it. But the main thing for me was the sugar. There's none, and only five calories per can. See, I was never a fan of energy drinks because of all the sugar in them. But with Ghost Energy Drink, I don't have to worry about that. Plus, I get a little nostalgia because of their flavors like Orange Creamsicle, Sour Patch, and Warheads. Hey, rise and grind, people. Grab a Ghost and dominate the day. 
The Man Cave Podcast is hitting the road and recording episodes at your favorite locations. But we needed a little bit of help moving around the equipment from location to location. So we brought in the experts from Dan the Moving Man. Whether we're broadcasting locally or from a longer distance, Dan the Moving Man is with us every step of the way. And that could go for you as well. Dan the Moving Man is the moving service you can count on. They offer a wide range of moving-related services to help better serve you. So when you see us in the Man Cave podcast out on the road at your favorite locations, it's because of the help that we received from Dan the Moving Man. And you can get that same help. Just visit danthemovingman.com for more information. I love hats. Like, I've got a closet full of hats. I'm not even exaggerating. Packer hats, brewer hats, bucks hats, badger hats, golf hats, hunting hats, fishing hats, casual hats. You know, I've got my, I've got my groupings of them all. And I've got some like organization things in your closet, so they're not like all over the place. But I've got too many that I got to get some more. Like, if I could just have a whole closet literally dedicated to just hats, I would if I had that space. But the closet that I got right now is like half full of, of hats, and honestly, it could be full up with, with hats. But not that you guys cared about that. The reason I'm, I'm I'm bringing this up is because again, this segment I'm trying to find a name for it. All right, I'm, I'm trying to find a name. A name for it and it's uh it, you know i want to kind of highlight some of the you know if i f- like swag or, or collections or or anything like that little tease i'm hoping to add something sweet to the collection coming up uh by the next time we record this podcast we'll see though but you know one area or one sport that does such a fantastic job in creating new swag all all the time is minor league baseball like, so th- obviously they could get away with doing like theme nights and, you know, doing different logos for a theme night or something like that. So they could get away with stuff like that. But, you know, even like their, their regular logos and their hats, I mean, it, it's awesome. They're sweet. They could get away with that. I mean, that's, that's also a way for them to generate some more revenue and all that sort of stuff with minor league baseball. Totally get it. It's smart. It, it, it's brilliant. And honestly, if I had like an indisposable income where I didn't care about spending 35 bucks, 40 bucks per hat, I'd have a lot of these, but I will, I'd like to get a couple of them. One of them on this. I'm, so I'm going to highlight four minor league baseball teams who I think have some of the sweetest caps out there. Now, obviously a lot of it has to deal with their logo, but how it looks on that cap too is awesome. I thought about doing like a uh, a baseball cap, you know, top 10 list of every era, but I saw, you know, some other podcasts actually just did something like that. So I'm like, how can I change this up? Well, I'll change it up by giving a little love to, to the minor leagues. They got some of the best team names out there because again, they can get away with it and they've got the best color schemes, logos, you name it. It's brilliant move on their part to generate revenue that way get more fans into it and so let's just get into it the the four that i'm going to highlight and believe me there's a lot more and i will be highlighting more throughout every episode of the podcast okay i'm going to be doing that every time there's too many there's too many good ones out there to ignore but for the four for for this one for that for, for the first uh inaugural nameless segment if you will the rocket city trash pandas 
All right. The first one is the Rocket City Trash Pandas. They are a double-A affiliate for the Angels. And with, with uh, well, Trash Pandas, you, you know it's a raccoon, right? <laughs> you, you know it's a raccoon. But it's a raccoon in a garbage can for crying out loud. Uh, they're located in Madison, Alabama. Madison, Alabama, double-A affiliate for the Angels. Uh, you got this. You got this raccoon in a trash can with a hat as a trash can, and it's the the trash can's a damn rocket for crying out loud. So it's a sweet, sweet logo with a sweet shade of blue too. Like it just pops out that that gray trash panda or that 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 gray trash can with the with the panda in it with a blue background like a royal blue thing pops it looks awesome i love the team name on there too so that's the first one i'm highlighting the second one going back with uh going back to some you know more animals if you will the richmond flying squirrels okay richmond virginia richmond virginia um double a for the giants and their logo is obviously a flying squirrel but they've got it almost to he almost kind of looks superhero-esque little red you've got some black you've got some gray on there the r like a like like a superhero r on the on the chest right there in the corner breast pocket if you will sweet logo it is a sweet logo. Again, extra points too for creativity with the with the name, with the flying squirrels. I love that color scheme. It pops it. It makes it a little bit more uh it makes makes it a little bit more intense, if you will. So I love it. And speaking of speaking of intense, this next one comes from California. Lake Els I'm gonna mispronounce it. Elsinore, Lake Elsinore Storm. Okay. They are a single A affiliate of the Padres. And their logo is pretty much just like a black cap with eyes looking out. You know, like imagine it's nighttime and all you can see is like eyes staring at you. That's how it is. Intense. I love it. it on that black hat, it looks sweet. All you got is that black hat with those eyes. It looks awesome. Uh, I'd wear that thing. Absolutely. So definitely. But I'll tell you what. My fourth and final one that I'm going to highlight here that, honestly, I'm probably going to buy. I'm going to buy it um, because you all know me. I'm a big Bigfoot fan, Sasquatch. And I know we we highlighted uh, you know one a couple years ago. Um, in the, in the Dakotas there, but this is this is called this team's called the Eugene Emeralds. They are a single A affiliate with uh, or excuse me a high A affiliate with the Giants. And <laughs> what this is so awesome because it's it's a Bigfoot like carrying a pine tree, and it's all it's got a couple different shades of green. Okay, it's 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 a it's a Bigfoot, a green Bigfoot carrying a tree, a pine tree. So you got that on a black hat. That thing freaking pops. 
It looks awesome. I am going to get this thing. I was looking at some of the other stuff on here that they got too. It is freaking awesome. Um, yeah, this this is a purchase for me. No doubt about it. This is a purchase for me. I love this thing. And I was looking at some of their, their old ones too. I mean, they've got like, oh, they've got like a, Looks like Bigfoot's swinging a bat as the, for for the tree and, and that sort of thing. But I was reading a little bit about, uh, and it makes sense, Bigfoot, Oregon. If you know your Bigfoot history, Oregon, Pacific Northwest, that sort of thing. But I was reading a little bit here. Of all the documented sightings of Bigfoot known in the scientific community of Sasquatch, roughly a third of them have occurred in the mountain forests of the Pacific Northwest. There's an obvious reason for this. That's where Bigfoot lives. Since 1955, the Eugene Emeralds um, played in the heart of Sasquatch country without even realizing it. Boom. There you go. So I am buying that hat next time I get paid and I save a little bit of money because those hats are expensive. I'm talking 35, 40 bucks. And I'm sure you got to pay a little shipping on there. But the Eugene Emeralds. The Eugene Emeralds. Bingo. You, If you are a baseball team and you've got Bigfoot or Sasquatch in the name, you're probably going to get my damn money. You're, you're probably going to get my money at this point. Uh, the other one I was referring to was the Spearfish Sasquatch, which they're kind of like uh, a summer league, college summer league team. They're also freaking sweet too. The, the Carolina blue with a, like, mean Sasquatch head as a logo. Oh, I've got their hat already. Uh-huh, 100%. You need to check them out. Spearfish Sasquatch in Spearfish, South Dakota. So check those out, too. They're freaking awesome, too. But, yeah, I'm getting a Eugene Emeralds one, no doubt about it. With those shades of green with a back background or a black background, bingo, 100%. All right, I'll tell you what. We got another timeout coming up here. We're gonna take another quick break, and then I want to talk a little. Uh, I want to talk a little tiger, tiger at the Masters. A little bit of golf that's coming up after this quick, uh, quick timeout. Hey, this is NFL Insider Mike Silver, and you are in luck because you're listening to the Man Cave Podcast with Dan Casper. The Green Bay Packers are never boring. Neither is this podcast. Enjoy. Hey, we're just taking a quick time out to remind you to follow me on the socials on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Remember, it's Casper with a K. And once in a while, I like to do a Q&A segment with you all. So I'm always looking for questions. Hit me up with a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with a question for an episode on the Man Cave Podcast. Sports, movies, hobbies, Bigfoot, it doesn't matter. Send those questions on over. <coughs> So T-Dub is coming back, Tiger Woods, going to be playing in the Masters. I love the Masters. Masters is on my bucket list. Heck, I want to go to that course and just walk around even if the Masters isn't going on. That's definitely on a bucket list of mine. But anybody who knows me knows I'm a Tiger Woods fan. That's that's the guy, That a big, big reason why uh, I you know, got into golf and enjoy golf and, and all that sort of stuff. I've talked about that before in, in previous episodes of the podcast. Um, you know, expectations. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's hard to say because golf 
anybody who's played golf, especially anybody who's played golf at like a competitive level, it, it's 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 hard to predict at times. I mean, it could just be an off day, it could be an off weekend, or you're just really in a groove. Thing is, Tiger thinks he he can win. He believes he can win. Uh, from all accounts, from from guys like Freddie Couples who, who've played with him or have seen him in person, uh, play those play or practice. They all say he looks good. the The big thing with Tiger is going to be the stamina and whether he can, you know, walk eighteen holes, and not just walk eighteen holes, but then go to you know the driving range or the putting range and and work on stuff and and uh, you know the the amount of time in between rounds for rest and, and, and recovery and all that sort of stuff, that to me is the biggest thing. It's not going to be whether his game's ready to go. It's going to be, or whether his mind's into it, it's going to be the stamina, the the, the leg, the pain, if, if it's going to start to act up or anything like that. So, um, you know, never say never when it comes to Tiger. Look, before we get into, like, predictions and all that, the amount of wear and tear this guy's body has gone through with you know the knee injury in the US Open in 08 to his back stuff, his back issues to to recovering from this car crash. I don't know what he's going to feel like in 20 years from now. 15 20 years. You know, I'm not a doctor. I'd have to imagine that maybe there's going to be some lasting effects of pain and all that. But the fact that we're talking about Tiger Woods playing in the Masters 14 months after that horrific car accident where his leg was shattered, amputation, amputation was reportedly uh, you know talked about, 14 months later he's at the Masters. That's an accomplishment. But Tiger, you know, he's got the mindset of winning it. And if there's going to be a major championship that Tiger can win, it is going to be the Masters. Now the Masters might be a little bit more difficult because it's so hilly. But the field is smaller. The field, um, you know, when you it, there's a lot of talent, but not maybe as deep in talent as some other majors. So, he, I mean, it, it's set up nicely for Tiger in the in in a competitive sense, if you will. So, looking at this thing, if I were to make a prediction, I don't think Tiger wins it. I'm rooting for him that to to win it, but I think Tiger does make the cut. I think Tiger makes the cut. You know, 14 months since that car wreck. He didn't play at all last year, obviously. Uh, you know, he played the tournament with his son there. But the rest of his body, like like his back and, and everything else, they got to be fresh. It's He's got to be fresh that way. His mind has got to be fresh. He's got to be focused. I mean, he's, he's probably focused outside that leg. I kind of wonder if he's just feeling good. Like, I mean, 14 months, and yes, there was a lot of rehab and in recovery from that horrific accident. But in terms of like his back and and the physical or in the psychological sense, I, th- I kind of think he's a little refreshed in in some areas of that, and which could make him a little bit more dangerous. You know, a little bit more tiger dangerous. So I think he makes the cut. Um, I don't think he wins. That's my prediction, although I'm rooting for him to win. And But can you imagine? I mean, it'll make my job easy on, on a Monday morning if Tiger wins the Masters. Now, if Tiger wins the Masters, is that one of the greatest sports stories of all time? I mean, we're already talking about a guy who's 
for, for many considered the GOAT, if not one of the best athletes in all sports of all time, and then you would add this onto it, it easily is one of the most impressive, it already is one of the most impressive comebacks. I mean, there was talk that he would never play again, given the age and, and all that sort of stuff. But if he wins the Masters in his first tournament back, <laughs> what else can you add to the legacy of one Tiger Woods? What else can you add to that thing? And the thing is, if he wins it, maybe that chat about catching Jack starts to get a little bit louder. Like, he's tied with Sam Snead with 82 victories right now. So, obviously, if he were to win the Masters, he'd break that and become number one. But he's all about the major championships. We know this about Tiger. It's all about major championships. Just like for Brady, it's all about Super Bowls. But I just, you know, what a chapter. I feel like this is another chapter now in Tiger's playing career. Like, this is the start of another chapter. Recovering from that car accident, getting back into the game. We'll see what it plays out. We'll see what each page ends up being throughout this chapter. But the fact that we're talking about it, it's remarkable. Now let's see what's next. Thursday's opening round is going to be ridiculous, like in terms of viewership. And if he is in contention on Sunday... Those ratings are going to go sky high as well. I mean, Tiger's got the support of every. I mean, he's he's going to be everybody's cheering for him. Everybody's going to be watching him, so he's going to have that pressure at Augusta. And you know, maybe it helps out. You know, other golfers that you know, like like the John Roms and such, knowing that hey, Tiger's taking a lot of the focus off of us, taking a lot of the attention, and maybe a little bit of the pressure off of us, so makes it a little bit easier. Possibly, you can make that case. But the thing is, how many times has Tiger been in that same situation? You know what I mean? Like, he's been under that pressure. He's been under that microscope. He's had all that fan support before. And I think he feeds off of it more than anybody else probably. But, man, I am so jacked up to see Tiger on the course. It's one of those dudes. He's one of those premier athletes of my lifetime that I've never taken for granted. And I don't want to every time that he's, you know, I don't know how many more times he's going to be on the course in a major, especially at Augusta, and, and a chance to, you know, legit contend to win that thing. I don't know how many more times he's going to have that opportunity. So I'm taking it all in. And, you know, speaking of goats, to wrap this up, to wrap this episode up, um, kind of, you know, i got to come up with a name of the final segment of this podcast too like closing statements maybe i know i say that on the on the radio show so maybe closing arguments how about this closing arguments time on the man cave podcast national championship kansas epic comeback over over north carolina down 15 at the half down 16 at one point and they come back and win it shout out to north carolina they were the hottest team one of the hottest teams Leading into the tournament as the AC probably underseeded, got to the national championship, looked like they were going to win that thing. Hubie Davis, his first year replacing Roy Williams, not too shabby, right? 
there were three moments in this tournament that I think stand out above the rest. One was that championship game with the comeback. Two was St. Peter's and the Peacocks, the 15th seed, and the run that they had. But to me was the Final Four game between North Carolina and Duke. It was a matchup that I wanted to see. It was a matchup that you couldn't write the script any better for the final year of Coach K. It was also a matchup that I, I kind of wondered, is it not going to live up to the hype? In fact, it did, though. That was a fun game. There wasn't any drama, really. There wasn't any bad blood. It was just a damn good game. A damn good game. And it ended Coach K's career. I know there's some people talking, oh, maybe he pulls a Tom Brady and comes back. I, I don't get that sense, but I guess never, never say never at that point. But the perfect, I mean, it was it was like a Hollywood script. If Coach K would have won and won a championship, then he's like, oh, yeah, happy endings, you know, blah, 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 bullshit. But nonetheless, that Duke-North Carolina game in a Final Four matchup for the first time ever, Coach K's final game, man, it was like you 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 just you wrote it down and that this is how it's going to play out. So Carolina won, obviously not the way that uh, all you know Coach K or, or Duke fans envisioned it or, or college basketball people perhaps envisioned it. So Coach K, assuming his career is actually done, where would I put him on the on the Mount Rushmore of coaches or, or college basketball and and all that stuff? Um, I'll tell you what. John Wooden has the championships, and what he did for for uh, UCLA, that'll never happen again. The ten championships, the winning streak. But I kind of give it to Coach K in terms of like when I think of college basketball and, and the coaches and all that, because I tend to feel like the era that Coach K coached in, um, some of the stuff you know with with recruiting and and uh, the parody and all that sort of stuff, I believe, and I know Ian O'Connor, who just wrote a biography on Coach K, said the same thing, that I believe Coach K coached under a, in a, in a tougher era. Uh, you know, it, look at the different eras, look at the different decades that he's coached in, and it's kind of been different. And the fact that how much he has adapted and, and kind of changed and, and all that sort of stuff, I, I think he's he's number one. But if, if people want to put John Wooden number one, I'm not going to argue with you. People want to put Gino Ariyama, Pat Salmon, I'm not going to argue with you. Got some damn good coaches. Really damn good coaches throughout history. I guess just for me, for Coach K, I, I look at the era and the decades that he coached and, and the different uh, you know obstacles, if that's what you want to call them, that might be a little dramatic but how college basketball has adapted over the years while he was a coach. I kind of lean a little bit more that way. And I'm not a Duke fan, okay? I'm not a Duke fan. I'm not a Duke fan at all. But game, respect, game, and Coach K, what he did, and I think what actually kind of helped him out a little bit too was the Olympics. And I know it was, 
you look at that team with LeBron and Kobe and blah, blah. It was like, how do you not win? And, you you know, you don't win that way. And, you know, I get it. I understand it. But, you know, he was also a part of the uh, the 92 Dream Team assistant coach with, with Chuck Daly over there. It's just, for me personally, I'm taking Coach K. I'm taking Coach K as, as my number one college basketball coach of all time. So... But, you know, now it's like a lot of people say, well, Coach K maybe was the face of college basketball. So so who is the face of college basketball now? I think that's a good question. I think that's a good question. Like, who is the face of college basketball? Is it Mark Few from Gonzaga? Is it, you know, just think, is, is it Bill Self of Kansas now? You know, he's won two national championships. I don't know if you put Hubie Davis on there in North Carolina yet. John Shire, I don't think you put him on there. I think the door to who that face of college basketball, who that face is going to be, is is open right now. I really do. I think it's going to be open at this point. So, um, But, yeah, Coach K, to me, one of the GOATs. And I don't think he's coming back. I don't think he's going to pull a Tom Brady or anything like that. I think that uh, his his Hall of Fame career is over with. I don't know about if anybody's going to be able to catch his records or anything like that, like wins and all that. We'll, you know, The thing is, with, with college basketball, if you get a team, you get a program that gets a young coach, and you know you hit it right away with that coach, like you've nailed that hire. And it's like a big-time program, too. Like, you know he's not going to jump ship. He or she's not going to jump ship to another program. Like, you know they're a college basketball lifer and they're going to stay there. Then perhaps you can, but I don't know. It's going to be a little tough. So, all right. Hey, that's going to do it for this episode of the uh, of the Man Cave podcast. Once we get into the summer here, we're getting closer. I've got a, uh, I got a couple of things that I want I, I want to work out. First of all, I need your help too. If, if you guys, gals listening to this, if you have any suggestions on the name of that uh, segment with like, you know, swag and, 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 you know, gear and, and collections and all that, please hit me up on Twitter or Facebook or, or anything like that. Um, also got a couple of things we'll be announcing too, in terms of like a tour sort of thing. So, but uh, we'll keep you posted on that. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in, and we'll chat with you and chat with you again next time. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big thanks for checking out the podcast, whether you are a regular listener or a first-time listener. Hopefully you'll be back if you're that first-time listener. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, practically everywhere. And don't forget, give it a good rating like that, five-star rating, so other people can find the podcast as well. Special shout-out to Kyle Schaefer. He's our music guy. All the cool sounds. And, and music you hear on the podcast that's all from kyle schaefer if you're interested in some of his music follow him on twitter at phoenix underscore guy zero eight or email him schaefer that's s-c-h-a-f-e-r dot k-w at gmail.com until next time i'm dan casper and thanks again for checking out this episode of the man cave podcast